Welcome to another edition of the OK Preps Extra podcast. We appreciate you joining us. I'm Patrick Prince, joined as always by our, by our high school sports editor, Barry Lewis, here to break down some uh, high school sports knowledge. Uh, Barry, let's start with a couple of uh, super sophomores that you wrote a little bit about in today's paper. Uh, Union's Dalen Fuller uh, had 28 points uh, and win over St. Springs on Tuesday. Uh, why don't you share us a little bit what you know about Mr. Fuller? Yes, he's just uh, one of many talented um, sophomores for Union. Union's got a very intriguing sophomore class. That also includes Chris Mason and Cedric Dixon, who came over from victory after last season. And um, Union is a team that record is not great at this time, uh, nine and eight, but they're a team that no one wants to play in the postseason. Uh, they're going to be going in as the seventh seed from the East. But uh, again, they're good enough. They're the only team that's beaten top-ranked Booker T. Washington. So, uh, And they've taken number two, Jenks, right down to the final seconds. They probably should have beaten Jenks. They had a six-point lead with 15 seconds to go against Jenks. So um, Union is very capable of uh, giving even the best teams trouble. Uh, just don't have a lot of experience, but... Uh, they're a team that, uh, if you're looking for a team flying under the radar, uh, flying under the radar because the record's not very good going into the postseason, they're a team that uh, could pose some problems. And another sophomore at a TPS school, Hale, uh, Cabron Lewis has uh, really been coming on lately. What, what can you tell us about him? And he's also uh, not the only reason, but a big reason for kind of Hale's turnaround this year from a 1-15 uh, uh, season last year. Yes, that along with the return of Chikari Barnes, they, um, Hale, that's really a really a nice story. Last year, only won one game, and that was against a JV team. So, and they've, uh, uh, they're 10 and 8 right now. And both of those players, uh, Lewis uh, especially, uh, he's got a lot of potential that he could be among one of the elite players. He's already really good, obviously. <laughs> so, averaging over 20 points a game are averaging way over 20 points a game over his last six or seven games. But uh, moving on as a junior and senior, he really could be among the uh, area's top players. And that's great news for Hale, who, um, except for one year when Raekwon Elliott was a senior, that uh, their basketball boys' basketball program has been down for the last decade. And I remember there was a time when Hale had a great basketball tradition. Um, and so it's really good to see Hale with a winning record this late in the season. So uh, it's a lot, as their coach, Danny McChesney, said, uh, a lot of hard work. If you work long enough, hard enough, uh, it's great to see the, that payoff. And so um, Hale will go in as a number nine seed. So um, uh, it, um, I think they've got a chance to – to win their first round playoff game. They'll probably, it looks like they'll be playing McAllister, which does have one of the best players in the state. And, uh, but that looks like a toss up game. And um, so um, that'll be interesting. Then I guess they would probably play Memorial. <laughs> good luck there for the winner. Uh, but if you the good news is if you win the first game, you can lose the second game and still be alive to play another weekend. We're, okay, so has Cabron Lewis started or played much this year before his recent run? Yes, or, uh, he's played all year. Um, okay. 
but he's just, uh, Hale's just getting better. And um, uh, the team is really gelling. They've got a four game winning streak. And uh, that's, uh, so for the first time, except for that year, a few years ago, when Raekwon Elliott was there uh, for a season that they're really, they're, it's been, a, they have a winning season record in February. Yeah, good for them. I'd love, love to see the TPS schools doing well, especially those who, you know, kind of have fallen on hard times lately. It's it's, it's good to see. Um, let's talk about Owasso for a second. They're, they're kind of surging, Barry. It wasn't that long ago when they were kind of hovering around 500, but they've kind of turned it around. What have they done? Um, well, they're just, again, a team that's peaking. Uh, they had a tough stretch early in January um, where – they had a lot of sickness on the team, and that led to at least one loss, even though that loss against Bartlesville, um, they went into overtime, and Bartlesville is a good team. So, uh, um, yeah, no one's hotter in 6A East right now than Owasso, except for Booker T. Washington, the team that Owasso lost to by four points. So Owasso, it's really simple. They get the ball in the Caden Fry. And uh, as Coach Brian Montanati says, he's a throwback player. He's a big man who can play with his back to the basket and score. Um, so, and Caleb Leslie, a really good outside shooter. And it's really amazing what Owasso has been able to do this year uh, when you consider that they lost Aaron Potter, who moved to Booker D. Washington, and has really made a big difference there. Um, so, uh, and they also also graduated a, a couple of key players from last year's team. And not many, not many people thought they'd be where they are right now. But I, I remember talking with Caden Fry. Um, this was, they had just come from the Pittsburgh tournament and he had, was watching the Jenks Union Invitational Finals that same day. Talk about person, someone that, that was impressive in itself. <laughs> and he gets off the bus and heads right to Jenks to watch basketball. Um, so um, he, he said that uh, I guess the mindset of the team was if they could win their next three games and a couple more going to be really tough uh, against Union and at Broken Arrow, which was ranked third at the time, then they thought they could host a regional and they'd have to sweep them. But that was the mindset. And lo and behold, they swept, dominated Broken Arrow last week, 60 to 42 did what they had to do, and then it appears they've been rewarded because when the rankings came out yesterday, there was a Wasso in the number four slot in the East. That means they're going to be hosting a regional, and they'll be hosting Broken. Um, they'll be hosting Broken Arrow in the regional final. So because Broken Arrow slipped from three to five, yeah. so a Wasso give a Wasso credit. I mean, they are really coming on and. Their last month's also included a win over second-ranked Jenks, which was top-ranked at that time. So they're really playing well. You mentioned sickness earlier, Barry, and I, and I don't know if you meant COVID or not, but when you said that word, it got me thinking a little bit. Have you – has COVID affected, affected the basketball season much? Because it doesn't seem like it has a ton. Is that, is that accurate? It hasn't really a ton, I would say. Um, there was a point – I was getting a bit concerned about three weeks ago, just in society in general, when it seems like the COVID rates were going up and that um, uh, affected the basketball schedule. You started seeing on the scheduling site um, games being postponed because of COVID. 
Uh, I remember, I think it was uh, Holland Hall's girls team. And I don't know if it was because I think Holland Hall's girls team one week had to postpone three games. And I don't know if it's because their opponents or because their team or maybe a combination of both. But there were starting to be a decent amount of postponements due to COVID a few weeks ago, but that seems to be uh, trending in a good direction right now. So uh, hasn't, I would say it has not affected it much. It seems like most teams are going to be able to play a full schedule and that wasn't the case a year ago. Uh, that's right. Absolutely. Uh, you've alluded to it a little bit, Barry, uh, today, but the final 6A-5A rankings uh, have come out and that affects playoff seeding. Won't you kind of tell us what, what the impact there is? Well, Booker T. Washington, it's really, um, I guess the main drama to me was going to be in the East. Was Owasso going to get into that fourth slot or was Broken Arrow going to be able to hold on? And it is Owasso in the fourth slot. Um, Putnam West is in the three slot. So Putnam West, so one of those East, quote, East regionals is going to be held in the Oklahoma City area at Putnam West. So always, yeah, don't like seeing that. And of course, that means some teams from this area are going to have to travel over to Putnam West. I guess that would be Bartlesville, the way it shakes out right now. So uh, Bartlesville and I guess that would mean trying to figure, I guess Sand Springs, that means Sand Springs, I guess, would be another team that's traveling over there. But uh, um, so that's always a tough situation when you have to try go 100 miles for a regional. Uh, Jenks held on to the number two slot. Uh, Booker T nailed that down, the number one slot, by beating Jenks pretty decisively again last Tuesday. Uh, Booker T, what a roller coaster. Uh, state champion two, 2019, number one in the East again in 2020. Last year, they were 15th out of 16 teams. <laughs> And now they're back to number one. So uh, it's quite a journey for Booker T. Washington. And then in the 5A Boys East Memorial is like the number one seed in the East for like the 10th year in a row. It's pretty incredible what Bobby Allison has done with the Chargers. Collinsville, that's the news. Collinsville's number two. That's their highest seed. And I don't know when they've been that high. So Todd Anderson, great job there. Um, very consistent season for Collinsville. And um, then again, you've got one of those situations where an Oklahoma City team is going to be hosting an East Regional. It's going to be Oklahoma City McGinnis. Uh, for people who want to see what this year's McGinnis team is, uh, their game at Memorial has been rescheduled for tomorrow, Wednesday, February 9th at 6 p.m. It was going to be played last week before the snow canceled. And then Coweta's got the number four slot. So they will be the other regional host, it appears. And then you've got uh, teams to watch out for. Edison's in the fifth slot and Will Rogers. It's a nice story this year because not many people thought Rogers would be able to build off its success from last year when it qualified for state for the first time in 25 years. But unfortunately, speaking of COVID, they could not play in the state tournament because of COVID. So... Uh, but they're in the contention. They're, in the, they're certainly in the mix to uh, get another state tournament berth. So, and, and they graduated two All-Staters from last year. So great job uh, at, by the Rogers Ropers. 
Barry, would you would you consider them a long shot to return to state, or do you think it could legitimately happen? I think it can legitimately happen. Um, I think, I mean, once you get past in the East, I think Memorial, that's a lock. McGinnis, really good shape. I think Collinsville's, um, the only thing about Collinsville's when your team has not had a ton of success, they've had some success. They've been to the state tournament recently, but it's still a program that's not, you know, been to the state tournament year in and year out. So you never sure about a team like that, but uh, they look like a state tournament team. But I think from the East, the other state tournament team, that's very much up for grabs. Yep. Let's let's change gears to, to football a little bit, Mary, and talk about uh, all world football. That's coming out in the paper on Saturday. All state football is Sunday. Uh, here, let me, let me go to my notes. Uh, <laughs> all world softball is on Monday. Cross country Tuesday, volleyball on Wednesday. You picked the football team, uh, and I wonder if you might just give give the people a sense of the enormous amount of work that is, because it's a lot. Yeah, well, it's the fact that um, yeah, it's not something that you just uh, can do in a week. That's for sure. Uh, obviously, since here it is two months after the season, we're just getting after it. But no, you could do it in a week, but to do it, but to do a really thorough job and to get it right, um, it really takes a while. So, uh, I mean, it's just quite a process trying to get all the information from all the teams in the all world area, and which is within six, all teams within 60 miles or a few selected schools within 75 miles. And that's about how many schools, Barry? Wow, uh, I think that's over 60 schools. Okay. Um, it's just, and so just collecting the information, the nominations, um, attempts are made, are, we sent emails out to all the schools and, um, I would say about 80% of them return them, return nominations. Um, just because a player is not nominated doesn't mean he can't qualify for the all world honor, all state honor but uh, it does make it harder for them to get recognized, obviously. Um, so just collecting all that information is quite a process. And then you have to sort out, I, I like to do it the old school way. I'm printing out the hard copies of the nominations and have a big file folder. And then you just start the process of picking um, the first team, second team, honorable mentions, and then uh, the all world finalists. So you, you see a great deal of football uh, just with your own eyes, but how do you measure, you can't get to everything. And I know you talk to other writers um, and kind of get their input as well, you know, people that you know and trust, but how do you weigh selections versus someone you've seen a lot versus someone that you've heard a lot about, but maybe not seen as much? I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, I would, um, I mean, there's some players that I have not seen in person, but for those who I'm intrigued about, uh, I will definitely get video of them. I'll, okay. And so um, that at least gives me a sense of the type of player that they are. Um, uh, even if it's just a highlights video, as mm -hmm. opposed to like seeing an entire game, uh, I think that gives me 
you know, taking that in context that it is a highlights video, I can, I think I can still tell a lot about a player from looking at that video. But I think there is more of a natural, there is a bias, um, an inherent bias you have over someone that you've actually seen. Sure. Um, um, but of course, that can work both ways. If there's a player right. that I've seen and not been impressed by, yes. Um, uh, sometimes that can work against the player. Um, so, um, so that is definitely part of the process, but, you know, especially when it comes to all state, um, I need to guard against, you know, being too Tulsa area biased, mm -hmm. um, because obviously there's great players across the entire state. Although I think obviously by the number of state championships, you can tell that, uh, I think the, the balance of power when it comes to talent in the state is in the East, it's in the Tulsa area. So it's worked out this way over the last five, 10 years, where on the all-state selections on the first team, for example, probably we've got 26 slots. So 15 or 16, maybe 17 of them are going to be from players in the all-world coverage area. And so that would leave 10 for the rest of the state. Um, when I do my first draft of the teams, sometimes it's like, oh my goodness, I've got, this is almost like a repeat of the all-world team. Because, <laughs> you know, you've seen a lot of players that you think just automatically should be all-state players. And you've seen them, really impressed by them and met them. And, uh, but there wouldn't be any point in having an all-state team if it was just a repeat of the all-world team. So um, have to make sure and examine the players from all across the state as much as possible. And so then that leaves for some tough choices. Um, I mean, some of the last cuts for me off the All-State team, and we can get more into this next week after everyone's seen our Tulsa World All-State team and All-World teams. Those are really tough to make because, uh, yeah, just because you've seen these players, you know how good they are and, and really talented. But again, it is an All-State team and not, you know, another all-world team. Uh, the all-world team is Saturday. The all-state team is Sunday. And, of course, just a reminder, the, the finalists for all-world football player of the year, offense and defense, 10 total, uh, will be invited to our uh, banquet in the summer where we will announce winners. More details to come on that. And like, and like you said, Barry, we're, we're being purposefully vague because we don't want to give away too much. The team will be announced this weekend. You and I will come back next Tuesday and we'll kind of talk particulars and really kind of get inside some of your discussions. One of the things, Barry, that I've always, just from talking to you over the years, that I've really appreciated about how you do this, you don't, you don't consider hype. Hypes no, never really matter to you. And, it, and it's, and I really appreciate that you, you are a results-based guy you know, things you've seen, you tan tangible things. You're not, you don't really care about star ratings. You don't care a whole lot about college potential. And I just, I've always appreciated the fact that how you select players that you don't buy into the hype. Yes, I'd like to, uh, you know, stress again, it's on performance during the season, not who are the best college recruits. I mean, it's like, those are two different things. Two different we, things, yeah. When we get into the all-world preseason, rankings part of those rankings in the preseason have to do with college potential so but not at all I mean I would say that's probably a third of the criteria in the all-world preseason rankings but this 
at the end of the season ratings, it's all about performance on the field. So there will probably be when people see the first team selections, they will probably wonder, well, where's such and such a player who just signed with a major college? Why isn't that player on there? There must be a mistake. Well, uh, nothing against those players uh, who you who are obviously they're really good or they wouldn't be signing with major colleges. Um, and they probably had good year and they had good years, but uh, they're just other players that I think had better seasons this past season. And that's why they are getting the edge when it comes to our all world and all state honors. Have you, you've been doing this many years, Barry, have you ever looked back and really regretted a high profile selection that you made? Uh, I probably have. <laughs> uh, not one sticks out to me right now. Uh, That's a good thing. Maybe if, good maybe, thing. maybe if I thought about it more. Um, but if I reviewed the teams year by year, I might there might be one or two that came across. But I really try to make it on performance this season. And, um, uh, you know, it's tough picking the all-world finalists, you know, on both sides of the ball, offensive and defensive. Um Although I will say picking the finalists is one of the easier, it's easier than picking the actually entire team because even before the, I get the nominations, I have a pretty good idea as soon as the state championship games have concluded who are going to be my five finalists on each side of the ball. I think this year, I think I had one spot on the defensive side. I was really debating about and took me a while to figure out, but uh, for the other part, for the, nine of the other 10 finalist spots, I pretty well knew when the state championships had concluded who they're going to be. The state championships, state playoffs, sometimes, whether it's basketball or football, can certainly, uh, they can, um, they solve a lot of, they answer a lot of my questions when it comes yep. to that. And, and I've heard you say that a lot through the years, like, yeah, you, you, you place a, you place a high premium on being huge. kind of, yeah. Huge in both sports. Yeah. All right, Barry, let's wrap it up there for this week. Like, like I said, we, we, were, we were being vague on purpose. Uh, we'll talk much more in detail about the all-world team on Tuesday, and that, that'll be a fun discussion. Uh, thank you for tuning in. You can check us out on Google, Apple, and Spotify, and uh, we'll hope you'll uh, download and subscribe, and we'll see you next week. Barry, thanks for the time. Thanks, Patrick.